0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, JOY. Keep JOY on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. JOY, a diverse sound for a diverse community. The Informer Daily is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. At JOY 94.9, we'd like to pay our ongoing respects to Elders past, present and emerging. The Informer is funded in part by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. And of course, the members and donors of Joy 94.9.
1: This is the Informer Daily for Thursday, the 23rd of April. I'm your host, Arian Potts. Today, how are people in China seeing the rest of the world's response to COVID-19? And what's on with Frock Hudson, your weekend entertainment guide? But first, this update.
2: This is D Mason with Joy 94.9's COVID-19 update for Thursday, April 23rd. Prime Minister Scott Morrison says there will be an update from the Chief Medical Officer tomorrow about Australia's infection rate and how far along the country is on the track to recovery. If the update yields good results, we can expect to see some easing in social distancing restrictions in the next three weeks as the government works to reopen small sections of the economy. In the meantime, Morrison is praising the work being done by social service staff who are processing thousands of claims a day, but says banks need to also step up in order to help businesses struggling during the pandemic. Chief Medical Officer Brendan Murphy spoke during a Senate Select meeting today to provide information about the Australian Government's response to COVID-19. He says he first heard about the disease on New Year's Day, but the confirmation it could be spread from human to human was not made until mid-January. Murphy says Australia is in a better position than many other countries because of preparedness, wide testing and isolation of early cases. The British government says social distancing restrictions will likely be in place until the next calendar year, as going back to business as usual before a vaccine or cure is found would be dangerous. There could be some easing of restrictions after the United Kingdom sees a large decrease in case numbers and deaths, but Britons can expect to spend the better part of 2020 inside their homes. Britain recorded 763 deaths on Wednesday, bringing their total up to 18,000. President Donald Trump's funding freeze for the World Health Organisation is yet to come into effect as his administration works on the final details. The WHO will continue to receive funding for now, but the United States says they're looking into other international health groups who they can divert the funding to. The World Health Organisation is defending its handling of the COVID-19 outbreak, which Trump says is the reason he's pulling the funding. Las Vegas Mayor Carolyn Goodman says she wants the city to be used as a control group to test the effectiveness of social distancing against COVID-19. To date, Nevada has recorded approximately 163 deaths due to COVID-19, with the Mayor arguing this comparatively low number can't be definitively attributed to social distancing without further testing. It's been announced the NRL will make a return at the end of May with training to resume in two weeks. The competition will look different from other years as all games will be played in New South Wales to limit travel. There is no word yet on how the week-to-week schedule will look. The NRL says starting dates are still tentative as they're still working through the biosecurity risks with Australian authorities and ensuring all players are healthy. Officials in the Japanese city of Sakura have mowed the tops of 100,000 tulips and cancelled the annual festival to prevent people from congregating amidst the newly declared COVID-19 emergency. Although the flower beds were destroyed, the flowers themselves were not and all have been donated to kindergartens in the area. The Queensland Government is committing $3.5 million to assist Lifeline with the unprecedented number of calls they've been getting over the course of the pandemic. Calls to the service are up 25% from last year because of the health concerns and economic fallout caused by COVID-19.
1: This is the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across Australia on the Community Radio Network. There's been a lot of focus on the Chinese government's role in the COVID-19 crisis from much of the media in Western countries. It's known that they delayed informing the World Health Organization about the outbreak in Wuhan, and the President of the United States has been going out of his way to call coronavirus the China virus. Informer reporter Nicholas Kemenyar-Sandry wanted to know what the crisis looks like from the ground in China at the moment. How is lockdown and social distancing different in China? What is the narrative in the chinese media regarding the virus he wanted to know what an ordinary person living in china would be seeing in their lives and in the chinese media so he spoke to someone living there who would prefer to remain anonymous
3: so in western countries coronavirus has become kind of a politically loaded topic in many places especially in the uk and america what kind of political implications does this crisis have in China? What's the narrative that's being you know, pushed by the media? What, what, what are you seeing people talk about in terms of this crisis in China?
4: Lots of nations are trying to blame China for the viruses. So you see a shift uh, of discourse in the media a little bit, where originally it was Kind of discussing white breakout in Wuhan, and as well as focusing on the uh, wild animal um, affair, and but then with more research going on, and also the changing of political landscape, one famous or infamous uh, conspiracy theory comes to blame Americans for everything. But nowadays, there is ambivalent uh, in the media here, whether or not reporting uh, or discussing the origin or discussing scientific uh, origin research that kind of try to pin down where the um, virus first starts.
3: So hang on, is the Chinese media trying to be ambivalent about whether or not the virus began in China?
4: I wouldn't say they deny, deny or not denying whether it's happening or not, but it's the kind of focus that of debating the arranging in China is kind of become less polit- political relevant than moving on maybe to the focus of how the um, the aftermath uh, perhaps of the... Um, the potential aftermath of the viruses, as well as... And a lot of focus is on now currently on America, um, but it has been shifting around countries based on the outbreak um, it occurred.
3: In Western countries, we've been seeing a lot more racially motivated um, discrimination against Chinese people, in the wake of this virus, and in fact, the U.S. president has made a point of, you know, calling it the Chinese virus. How does it make you feel to know that this is what's happening in Western countries?
4: It's kind of a tricky question because uh, physically, I wasn't there, and as well as, um, I guess, they would impact more about Asian community or East Asian community living or happen to be in. Um, Western or foreign overseas currently and um, I guess when the afterbreak happens and all the political tension plays both overseas and in China um, there kind of began a sense of I wouldn't say classification but a kind of education of different Asian identities and kind of there is emphasize upon East Asian, um, maybe, let's say, if we say uh, I'm using Australia as an example, there might be breakdown of um, Chinese-Australian, which once uh, the lockdown in Wuhan happens, the Australian government has actually uh, sent airplanes uh, to for their c- citizens and maybe even PR holders. Uh, and the PR holder is another kind of identity in place there and um, they they kind of put them in self-isolation in I think in Christmas Island uh, I didn't realize a political implication back then but what is what's different is kind of because of the um, both heightened nationalism or uh, tension in play between west versus east narrative um, it's become more important in the media, at least in China, to make subtle difference between different Asian community and to character not character, um to kind of cycle reading and kind of reeducate the public in terms of the violence happens and um whether you should or shouldn't identify with it and what it means when you don't identify with certain kind of Asian. Subset and I uh, will just speak quick, kind of this commentary when the lots of Chinese international students overseas. Well, the target many report in the uh, news are uh, East Asian young people and many maybe citizens of overseas students or even Chinese Singapore. Uh, is recently a young girl, I think, from a Chinese Singapore uh, background or Singapore uh, Singaporean background was attacked. And uh, recently in Australia, and a lot of attack in America focusing maybe pa- particularly on um, young people. And I wouldn't characterize as harmonious uh, about this whole debating of how the, the different Asian community overseas and whether Chinese people should, Chinese citizens should relate to them or not because there is um, tension with um, maybe geological and social economical, especially thinking maybe like who, which family has the financial po- power to send their children overseas and how you relate to them.
1: This is the Informer Daily. We'll be back after this. The Informer Daily is produced each day by a team at Melbourne's Joy 94.9, and we're running our biggest fundraiser, Radiothon. While we're out raising funds to stay on the air, your local community broadcaster needs your financial support too, especially now. There are fewer and fewer voices in broadcasting and regional media, regional newspapers are closing, and community radio represents your local area in a way that no one else is. And we also cover underrepresented groups like the LGBTIQA community. As a nonprofit sector, community radio relies on listener support, and for those of you listening around the country, your local community radio station needs your support now more than ever. Please go to your station's website and become a member or donate. I know that every contribution helps. And thank you very much for helping us bring you listener-powered radio. Welcome back. We have more on that interview with Nicholas Kamenyu sandri and an anonymous person living in China.
3: So, can you give us a picture of what lockdown looks like in China and how it might differ from how we're experiencing lockdown in Western countries?
4: I guess it's because China is very vast, and as well as in Australia, I guess each local government would um, not just in terms of province or autonomous region, and also maybe even um, how the local city government might do things differently and uh, most of attention was originally paid to Wuhan, but, but I'm not, I can't really be the authority currently because um, I, I guess the difference I should emphasize is uh, most of the Chinese people not living in kind of individual houses and we kind of live in a apartment and uh, we have a kind of a, the, the semi-closed neighborhood is kind of like a district, sometimes they might say, and so you kind of can uh, have security stay at the entrance towards the kind of the district, and once a lockdown happens, you would have cars and volunteer workers, not necessarily government workers who drive... Um, Maybe the uh, the vegetables and the food uh, towards each district, and you can buy them there. So the food supply is uh, taken care of. So you don't really need to go to the supermarket to buy. And then the uh, the district service also kind of the uh, the worker there also provide with uh, um, people with the phone number towards any like. Uh, medicine and also other kind of uh, supermarket service so they do the delivery and in that way I think it's much easier to manage the social um, uh, isolation because you don't really um, need to feel anxious about going outside to buy grocery and that can be a a really important difference, and also another thing, I guess, is um, people can wear mask, uh, facial mask. It's actually really, I wouldn't say kind of enforced, but it's definitely everybody wearing it, and it's kind of encouraged as well as uh, putting on the news. And a lot of places won't allow you to enter without facial mask uh, before the lockdown. So there's been a lot of talk
3: worldwide about when things will go back to normal, Um, especially in the United States. The president and many protests that are happening there at the moment have stressed that they want lockdown to end as soon as possible, even if the pandemic isn't over. Um, In my home state of Victoria, we're talking about maybe... Uh, another month or two, depending on, you know, if we've managed to flatten that curve. Is there that same kind of anxiety in China and that same pressure to get back to normal as soon as possible?
4: At least in China, it's kind of we are already in a post-lockdown phase. So, it the lockdown only, I would say, at least in my place. And I for reasons, I won't spe- specify where it is. Um, at least uh, most lockdown last only um, a month and a half. Sorry, is lockdown
3: already over in many places in China?
4: Yeah, yeah, I think it's over in Wuhan as well. That's oh. the most. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are already in post-lockdown phase and. Um, everything is already back to business.
3: That's interesting because the numbers that we've been receiving from China about their new COVID cases have severely dropped off. It's around just above 80,000. And the uh, number of new cases hasn't dropped to absolute zero, but it is severely dropped. You'd get the impression that China has managed to flatten that curve. And from what I've seen, people in Western countries are a bit sceptical of that's um are you skeptical of that
4: um i think because what happens uh same with australia the some some time during the kind of um the anxiety the border between the states are closed so nowadays um people are traveling across the place the province of the states kind of in the case of western country um Is that they would be put into self isolation and kind of being put through the test for 14 days. And the procedure depends, uh, can be very kind of serious. So they're trying to uh, at least uh, minimize the interstate. Potential transmission—if I use transmission—but also lots of um, the newly reported originally happens um, with the uh, returner from overseas, and that's kind of why there's a lot of a political argument about uh, who's being who's able to go overseas and what's kind of these people coming back from overseas and what do we do with them and how the media characterise the returner, become a whole political issues. Uh, Yeah, that's uh, something to take uh, care, take in mind, but um, you do nowadays have um, some, maybe some uh, anxiety over the returner, uh, as well as the returner might produce local patients again, which it happened. Currently, the close contact, not the. I wasn't sure about whether it happens towards the level of so social transmission, uh, community transmission again. But uh, another thing is, um, due to uh, the virus, has lots of uh, non-symptomatic, um, symptomatic uh, uh, patients. So lots of places such as cinemas are not back into business, but bookshops, schools, schools in certain areas, not all the schools, but universities, as well as uh, restaurants, shopping malls, even swimming centers, uh, most of them are back to business. So, uh, but people are encouraged, also there's uh, checkpoints for temperature, Uh, people are encouraged to wear facial masks and um, among taking other procedures. we are kind of back into normal life, but we are still trying to maybe realize the aftermath um, with economy and among other overseas uh, having to deal with this pandemic as well.
1: And that was Nicholas Kamenya-Sandry with that story. The interviewee in that story would prefer to remain anonymous. <music> this is the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across Australia on the Community Radio Network.
5: Self-isolation got you down. Sitting at home and looking at those full walls, closing in thinking, what is there to do? How can I connect with my queer community? Ah! Well, don't worry. It's me, the fabulously furry frock Hudson. And have I got the listing for you. Just like I've been doing each and every week here on the Informer Daily, I am letting you know what's happening in Queer Australia on the online and streaming landscape so that you can get your daily dose of queerness directly into your home. Here's your hot tips for what's going on this Anzac Day weekend. I must stress that all the times I'm using in this are Australian Eastern Standard Time, so if you're in another part of the country, please do maths accordingly, because I can't, I'm just pretty. This list continues to get longer and longer, so I'm going to be giving you all the highlights and you can check out my full listing at my Facebook page. Just look up Frock Hudson. That's right, look for Frock Hudson on Facebook for every single event I can squeeze on in. And also, don't forget to tune in to Kerry and Dolly's house party on Joy TV every Tuesday and Thursday night. I can't wait to see what they've got in store. As for this weekend, what's happening Friday? Diamond is kicking off Diamond's Drag Queen Storytime over on the Q News Facebook page with a special Anzac tribute. That's at 1pm and it's fun for the whole family to enjoy. Then at 1.30, catch the lunchtime lockdown with Penny Tration and DJ Dan Murphy on Dan Murphy's Facebook page. Why not try a little bit of Queer Life Drawing, a wonderful life drawing workshop that kicks off at 6pm. You can do a bit of drawing, even if you're not that good at it, from the comfort of your own home. The fabulous Sasha Starr is hosting Drag Queen Trivia Feel Good Fridays on Friday night. Spots are limited, so be sure to dive onto her Drag Queen Trivia Facebook page, register your spot and enjoy all the fun. From 7pm, Q News host Alak Ganza, founder of the Runway Movement and mother of the House of Alexander, in a GF Lockdown Friday Night Live that you're not going to want to miss with dancing, laughter, some exercise and a whole lot more. And, of course, Fabulash Fridays has the drag covered for you with Vodaville Drag Cabaret Club streaming all the fun for you to enjoy. Then get your Friday fix with Penetration from Sydney with Frightful Fridays as she gets ready and entertains us all on her Facebook page. Of course, Friday wouldn't be Fridays without Lance TV as Lance DeBoyle and Gabriella Labucci give us lots of entertainment streaming live to Facebook and Channel 31 digitally. And, of course, Lexi Gaga kicks up a storm in her living room with... Lexi Gag Live from 9.30pm on her Instagram page. Then on Saturday from 2pm head over to the Q News Facebook page as they continue to host important conversations for our communities. This Saturday join guest Vincent Marshall as he focuses on the medical concerns of trans men during the pandemic. You can jump onto the event and even ask some questions early if there's things you'd like to know. Then from 4pm, get your dancing shoes on because it's time for I Remember House, the live stream. Dive into one of the biggest queer tastic dance parties we have here in Australia and we love going to it and you can enjoy it from the comfort of your own home. I guarantee you're not going to want to stop boogieing. Then from 5pm, kinky Aussies and New Zealanders are connecting online for a kinksters catch up where the kinky community share what's happening in their online and streaming spaces for everyone to connect and enjoy. Saturday night Sasha Star hosts a chick flicks and chill drag queen trivia that'll have you rocking the nostalgia from the comfort of your couch. Then catch Stonewall live every Saturday night for an evening of campness you're not going to want to miss. The Vixens of Vodaville dance up a storm on Saturday nights with Vodaville TV. Check it out via their Facebook page. Then at Piano Bar Geelong, Andy Popjoy and Joss Russell give you the Saturday night party you've been asking for. You request a tune and they perform it. What a different way to do karaoke. Then keep the dancing happening with Ruby Tube. Ruby is a great dance party and we love it every single time. So enjoy house music in the comfort of your own home from 8pm via their Vimeo page. Pride of our Footscray community, Bar just keeps spreading the pride all over town, not just the West. And on Saturday night, Bathsheba and Max keeps things going on their Twitch feed. Also, they're hosting an online drag competition for everyone to be a part of. So why not check that out on their Facebook page and drag up at home for all of us to enjoy. Penny shifts it back on Saturdays with classic numbers from The Midnight Shift over on her Facebook page. And of course from 9pm, Poof Doof Keep It Going with Poof Doof Live with tunes and entertainment all night and morning long. Then let's dive into Sunday... Why not try online men's nude yoga from 11am? Align your chakra and other things while you stretch everything out. You obviously have to pre-register and follow the rules accordingly. Details will be up on the Frock Hudson Facebook page. Then from 12pm, catch Baylamore via Facebook and Instagram for a chat and a bit of a boogie. For anyone looking for an LGBTIQA plus affirming community church, Fitzroy North Community Church are holding Zoom meetings every Sunday with sing-alongs, prayers and social activities. This is a space that's fully affirming and safe for everyone in our communities, but the Facebook group is private, but people can be added by emailing the Fitzroy North Community Church website at FitzroyNorthChurch.org.au From 1pm, Polly Filler is live via Facebook with In Bed With My Duna," a camp drag brunch you're not going to want to miss. Then end dives into the decks all the way from Brisbane from 1pm till 6ish with Collada Sundays, Jance the Night Away and then from 6pm on Sunday, Join Gay Life Drawing, hosting an online live drawing event where anyone is welcome with international artist Ricochet modelling via Zoom it doesn't matter about your skill level just get drawing Sunday evening drag and singing and pianos and madness gets joined together at Piano Bar Geelong who knows what queens are going to be performing this week but join their live stream at the Piano Bar Geelong Facebook page to join all the fun from 7.30 Trevor Ashley returns for an all singing no dancing extravaganza on his Facebook page that will be sure to tickle your funny bones and have you laughing out loud and singing along then join Greg Gould from 8pm as he hosts a weekly live stream featuring brand new music celebrity interviews and so much more there's so much for you to watch and enjoy so that even in isolation you can connect to your LGBTIQA plus communities so what are you waiting for Get your internet sorted and get streaming. You can see the full listing over on my Facebook page. Just look for Frock Hudson. And if there are any details that I've missed or events you want to share with me, why not let me know? Just send me a message via my Facebook page and then I'll share it with everyone here on The Informer Daily. This has been What's Happening This Weekend with Frock Hudson. And remember, no matter where you are, there are plenty of ways to connect to your community.
1: Thanks for that, Frock. If you like what you heard, and how couldn't you love it? Now is the time to help out your local community radio station. Times are tough for lots of folks, but as a non-profit community organization, we're powered and funded by listeners. And sadly, another part of our income from sponsorships has generally seen a big decline. So it's more important than ever to subscribe and donate to your local station. That's it for us today here at the Informer Daily. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm your host and executive producer, Arian Potts. Mahalo.
0: The Informer is funded in part by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au, and, of course, the members and donors of JOY 94.9. You can help us by visiting joy.org.au and become a member or donate. Any amount helps us bring you community-powered radio. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another JOY podcast, brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, JOY. Help us keep JOY on air. Head to joy.org.au. JOY, a diverse sound for a diverse community.